John DeSauer. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome in on a Saturday morning, 609, already 84 degrees in the capital city. Walked outside when it's already hot. (laughs) I'm Caleb Henry. That's Doug Fitzgerald. Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. We are following some severe weather that is uh, across the northern portion of Lancaster County, but should be moving out over the next half hour or so. Uh, Mark had some, uh, there were some light displays up in the sky we, we got as we came into work it, today. Yeah, it was lightning off to the north and northwest uh, when I came in about 350. So. Uh, but it finally moved in. Extreme northern Lancaster County, they just had a special weather statement. No no severe weather reported. Okay. But the, the possibility of some gusty winds could knock down some branches and things like that. But it is raining up north, uh, 84th and Cornusker. I just checked the traffic cam, the road wet up there. <laughs> Nothing here midtown Lincoln. So it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty good demarcation line there where there's water and what we've got here, which is air you can wear. Uh, yeah, that is no, the way so it is. It's already within about uh, 10 degrees of what today's high is. Yes. At 610 in the morning. At 3 this morning, was still 88 degrees. Wow. Oh, we've cooled off. We've cooled off, yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> airport's, uh, airport's even cooler. It's down to 84. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll keep monitoring that because it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay pretty hot, as we talked about. It'll actually get down... Just looking at the the forecast through the weekend on Sunday, there's going to be a high of 82. Yeah, and a better a better chance of some uh, rain on Saturday and Sunday than uh, we expected earlier this week. So you know, just chances going up a little bit, a little cooler, but then right back into the heat with 90s, uh, upper 80s and low 90s uh, beginning of next week. So. Well, I can already anticipate what some of people's chaps will be for today because it is a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. We'll have that at 710. Also going to get John Bishop on at 835. And uh, he knows a lot more about Major League Baseball. They had their trade deadline yesterday. Also had the uh, the passing of legendary broadcaster yep. Vince Scully. Um, we'll have some of that in sound off. But it is a... Uh, what Chaps Your Hide Wednesday, so if you've got any of those, 402-479-1400 on the Rick Stein Recognition text line, we can start building up that queue. You can also call at 710, or we do have a post up on the Facebook page. There are a few that have been rolling in there as well. Doug, you were saying this is uh, Wednesday, so now it's three days into the week. It's starting to starting to hit you, the waking up early part of this. <laughs> this morning, yeah, kind of knocked me around a little bit. I was wondering, like, once you, like, you were on vacation for a while, do you keep your sleep schedule while on vacation, or do you, do you blow it out of the water, and then when you come back, you got to readjust? I blow it out of the water. Yeah, like there's, there's no chance if I don't have to be here that I'm getting <laughs> up at this time. Do you automatically wake up? So the first, because your body's used to it or not? Yeah, the first couple of days, my body will wake up, and then I just go back to sleep. Because um, if I had to, if I woke up this morning and they went. Hey, no show. Everything's called off. I go, all right, all right. cool. I can go right back, back to, to sleep. Right back to bed. Wouldn't have a, too big of an issue um, getting my body to do that. But, but yeah, it it takes a couple of days to yeah. get back into the routine. Back into the this is what time I need to be going to bed. I can't stay up that extra thirty minutes that I want to sit and scroll. And, yep. Yeah. 
I think I'm getting better because um, I've been able to sleep at least all night the last three nights. I think, and I think a lot of it's like mental. You know what I'm saying? You go to mm-hmm. bed and you're thinking about what's what's going on the next day. So, yep, drink the coffee, get it down, waking <laughs> ice, up. Iced tea for me. Iced tea for Mark. Yep. Boy, I, back in the day, I could pound the coffee though. Wow. I was usually the first one in yeah. at that station. I was an ag broadcaster. We were always on early in the morning, so I, I made the coffee. You still put the pots on. Well, I'm the first one in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I just and, have Gatorade. I'm, and, and, I'm not and I, coffee. And I know that if there isn't coffee when Jack walks in, oh. Molly, it's it's not going to be pretty. He throws a fit. He does. <laughs> Although I could probably just put a little hot water in that cup of his and it taste and look like coffee <laughs> as, as much as... I'm uh, not sure that cup's ever been washed. I, I have no idea. I doubt it. Yeah, That's probably why he's immune to... That's why, that's why he's never gotten COVID, because <laughs> of whatever else is in that coffee cup. Um, yeah, so anything else going on? What, what's what's going on in news this morning? Well, we had a smash-and-grab robbery, uh, burglary, I guess you'd call it, uh-huh. uh, overnight. The Casey store up at uh, North uh, Cotner and Layton, I mean, broke the front door out. If, best they can tell, made off with a couple of bottles of whiskey okay. or some alcohol, um, trying to get that all put together. Of course, uh, UNL came out with their return-to-campus plan yesterday, uh, We've got uh, audio with uh, System President Ted Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, no COVID-19 testing requirements for return to campus. No protocols. That app that they used last year, that's uh, been, uh, they're not going to use that. They're just going to use okay. their normal communications. So, uh, But testing is going to be uh, allowed uh, voluntary um, all the time. You can walk up. I think the testing sites are going to be at both unions so you can, with your end card. Um, so, but there's no testing requirements, things like that. So, you know, I, I, this is about as, I guess, uh, as back to what used to be normal as uh, we could expect at this point. Well, I talked to a couple of students. They're going to be really excited. They don't have to do testing. Really excited. Um, <laughs> just because it was a pain for them to, especially if they lived off campus and came back in and, and did all that testing. So, yeah, yeah. I but, will say it, it, it is still nice that for those students, if there is something that comes up and they're like, hey, I do need to get this yeah, checked they out, they can it. just walk over. Yep. Yeah, the, the the testing, I believe, is already underway at the uh, city uh, union, city campus. Uh, East Campus still doing some uh, remodeling or construction, so that's not going to be open, the testing, for a couple of weeks. So We've got some of the, uh, the sound off. We will have uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, but, uh, Mark, there's a story up at KLIN on uh, the Nebraska senate delegation talking about pelosi's trip yeah it was a bipartisan uh, support for her uh, making the trip basically they were saying you know china can just you know stick it in their nose mm-hmm. uh, i mean i don't know how else to put it you know they just said it's uh, a visit that shouldn't be creating any issue and they supported her decision to go so um i, I believe it was the entire de- uh, congressional delegation that that uh, came on that i know both senators supported it yeah so, unlike uh, the white house yeah, they, the White House wasn't too happy. Not initially. They kind of walked that back <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, the Biden, uh, President Biden's been on both sides of several issues when you look at his past. I mean, he was opposed to the uh, raid that took out bin Laden, and yet he's applauding the the raid that took out uh, Zawahiri over the weekend. 
Uh, he was against Biden or against Pelosi heading to Taiwan. But then they said, you know, uh, spokesman John Kirby said it shouldn't be an issue for China because it's just a congressional delegation. Now, uh, the some of the criticism that I've I've uh, heard this morning is that it was not a bipartisan congressional delegation. So uh, that would you know and that's uh, the Republicans here uh, making note that it's gotten a lot of attention, but. It would have uh, been a lot more um, impactful, I believe was the word I, I heard, had it been by a, a bipartisan delegation. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the politics and the saber rattling and, <laughs> you know, it's just a pretty normal day in the world. <laughs> so uh, other than that, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that came out of the news yesterday was that vote in Kansas on yeah. the constitutional uh, amendment. Um, well, it wasn't. A, it was whether or not. I was a little confused by the way it, but voters basically said the the right to an abortion is going to continue in right. Kansas. So the way it was worded was whether or not the Kansas legislature right. could amend their constitution. Right. So even if it had um, had been passed in a way that it would have been yes, go ahead and, and deal with the abortion issue, Kansas legislators still would have had to go through and actually do something. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I do remember that. Um, so, so yeah, we'll we'll have some more sound off on on that in uh, or some more sound on that in the sound off because that is. Um, yeah, Kansas was, has been a pretty uh, conservative state. Uh, this one leading, uh, of course, they've got a, a Democrat governor now in Laura Kelly. Um, so we'll we'll see if this uh, is a trend. Although historically, Kansas has had some of the most conservative. Um, legislators and uh, governors uh, that there have been around. And it was very overwhelming, right, to keep it in their constitution. What was the final percentages? You know, I, I, I saw it once, but I can't recall. When it. I saw it, it was like 60 to 30, something, something like that. Like, yeah, and, something um, like that. Yeah, it was pretty, I was pretty overwhelmed. But then I saw, you know, obviously it was the 5941. urban. 59-41. 59 that's, that's big. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that vote, from what I saw earlier this morning, coming from the urban area right in johnson county and all that so but it's 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 an interesting uh a little twist if you you i've got i've got a good friend that uh, serves in the kansas legislature and uh you know that that they kind of expected that to be a different outcome that was the first state to hold a vote specifically on the abortion issue since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Right. And yesterday, the Department of Justice uh, filed suit against uh, Idaho on mm-hmm. their uh, uh, their legislation. So we'll see how that uh, plays out. Like I said, I, I still don't think it's going to make it. Uh, uh, I don't think there's going to be a chance of a special session here in Nebraska until some of these issues are uh no, and that, that's what uh, that's what Joe Jordan was saying yesterday too. And he said, as as each day goes on, it's less and less likely you're going to see a special session. Um, whereas there are a number of states figuring out whether what they've passed before with their own trigger laws, um, how those are doing in the courts, or you have states like Kansas that are going through and having votes on whether or not their legislatures um, can amend their constitutions for all of it. Nebraska just kind of taking the 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 wait and see approach, which that I'm not saying that that's that's bad either, because you want to see how things play out rather than go past something and immediately get struck down by the courts. Well, yeah, that's that's legislating from the bench. Often, at least it's referred to that, right? So, 
Yeah, it's 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 a kind of a, a big uh, big deal. I think the other only other thing I can talk about this morning is that I had a, a great conversation yesterday with some of the uh, folks at the Lincoln Lancaster County Health Department, trying to clarify in my mind our discussions in the newsroom on uh, the COVID nineteen numbers that are reported uh-huh. da- daily in the hospitalizations. Uh, we'd gotten some public. Uh, information that maybe the numbers were people hospitalized uh, for some re- for some other issue and then test positive for covid and uh, they confirmed that they only report hospitalizations on people that are hospitalized for covid okay so that it was it was a it was a great conversation i appreciated uh, uh, all of them that uh, took the time to talk to me yesterday afternoon it was uh, uh, a backgrounder type of discussion, not for use. Uh, mm-hmm. It was not an interview for using on air, but clarified uh, quite a few things there for me. And uh, and glad to hear that they're, they are only reporting those numb people that are hospitalized because of COVID. And uh, the one thing that they pointed out is that, you know, the deaths have been very small compared to what they were during the height of this. And very, very few instances of people on ventilators. So, that, you know, okay. you're still pointing to the fact that the treatments and the vaccines and all of that are making a difference. So that's good. Thanks for clarifying that. I mean, that's I think that's important for people to know because it's a yep. question out there. You well, know? Yeah, and, we, and it was controversy uh, when people were talking about it and what are they reporting, not reporting. And getting clarification on that from them is is really important. We heard quite a bit when after there was a couple of hospitals, a couple of doctors out in California saying that there are 150 or 200 each bigger hospitals, uh, that those people that were report, reporting COVID uh, cases were actually in there for something else. And with the, they, one hospital, I think, had 50, 60 COVID cases, but none of them were hospitalized because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that hit the national news. Then right. we started getting questions here and so yep. i asked for the clarification and and had a great conversation uh director lopez was on the call with me and several others uh the staff members there so i'd really appreciate them clarifying that for us it can't be understated how important some of those conversations are where you don't air what the what the conversation was you don't put a story up you don't put it out in a podcast but just getting the background information from the folks that are in these positions Right. It's very beneficial for us in our own reporting and what we're able to actually pass along. The story is the number of people that are hospitalized for COVID. Now, for our background, are are those people hospitalized for something else? Mm -hmm. So, and and getting that clarification, very helpful. Uh, At least it is for me. I feel much more comfortable reporting those numbers now as they come out. And the risk dial didn't change. Nope. Fourth week, still in that, um, what is it, low? Low orange. Orange low orange on that one so there you go that is uh thanks mark for all of that and we're going to go ahead and take our break here we're going to get some sports a lot of sports going on as i said there is a a death in the major league baseball world some trades and uh the the big couldn't believe that one late yesterday the royals one? yes yeah i'll talk about that one we can talk about that Ooh, one a little bit yes. more <laughs> uh we'll we'll get into all of that it is a watch after your hide wednesday you can send those in on the rick sign recognition text line 402-479-1400 i was gonna have john bishop in later in the show and guess what when we when we get to the start of the sound off i will announce what our theme is for this week's request line Friday. all right 
People are waiting. Doug doesn't even know. I, I don't. That's what kind of <laughs> announcement it is. I'll figure it out here in the next 10 minutes. It's 625 on KLIM. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. John DeSauer. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Still pretty hot in the capital city. 84 degrees, starting to see that sunrise peep over. (laughs) Headed to a high of 95. Those storms we were watching, that rain coming through the northern part of the county, they're still a little bit up there. Um, Should be a little bit more headed towards Waverly. That's in the uh, northwest part of the county right now. Most of it has moved to the northeast through Ashland. And uh, a few scattered... Little rain showers look like they could be coming across the state, so we'll continue to watch that as those come through there. There are the chances for severe weather when it does get this hot, and you know there's a cool down coming up. <laughs> keep it here on KLIN with your severe weather action team. We'll keep you updated there as best we can. Now for the theme request line Friday, this Friday, I have told nobody. I'm ready. No theme. No theme. No theme. All, all of my thought process and all of my work that I did on the side, I went, yeah, no theme. That'll be fine. We'll just keep it open for everybody. That'll also be easiest on me in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all about you, isn't it? It is. It is. It, as soon as I got this on my finger, it's all about me. Yeah, I hate to tell you this. It's not about you. <laughs> hey, she's With, not here, okay? All right. Hey, we've got a, I've got a traffic update for you. We just had a report of a multi-vehicle accident at Highway 77 and West Denton Road. And, of course, all of that construction. So that's yeah. going to be, I've got a rollover going out there, mm-hmm. some multiple vehicles. So just initially reported, crews on the way. So you might want to uh, take that in consideration if you're heading in. I believe it's a southbound, but still a lot of traffic in that area. So just a word of note, you might want to avoid that area for a while. All right. Thank you, Mark. So if you're uh, heading in there, you can find a couple more routes. We were actually talking about that earlier this week. We were. With with Jason Ball about having to find some routes. Those mostly because of construction. This one because of a... uh, a rollover accident. Crews headed out there. Said 77th and uh, Denton, yep. or not 77th Highway 77 and Denton. Those are different. That places. is different. Um, let's get into the sound off today. And as it's been talked about a little bit, Nancy Pelosi was in Taiwan. Taiwan's tallest building, Taipei 101, lit up to welcome House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on a trip. She says is intended to show America's unwavering commitment to the Chinese claimed self-ruled island. We commend Taiwan for being one of the freest. Society. Societies in the world. Pelosi is the highest ranking U.S. official to go to the island since 1997 in a visit that is testing America's relationship with Beijing. As Pelosi's plane neared Taiwan, 20 Chinese fighter jets are crossing the Taiwan Strait with China's ambassador to the U.S. warning, quote, our response will be firm, strong, and forceful. In Washington, Sean Langell, Fox News. So we, we talked about how a lot of folks in Congress are supporting right this move, even if it was not a bipartisan delegation that went over there, there would have been more support for it from from members of Congress had it been. Um, but as it stands, it was it was all Democrats. Sure. Um, but that didn't stop, though, a lot of folks from, including here on this station, you get to some folks like Sean Hannity, like Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, very much disagreeing with Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, saying that it was... Uh, 
they it was the possibility of starting a world war with China right. and and wondered about other dealings behind the scenes, right, and other I, connections. But I think the the thing too with the White House also coming out initially against and then flip flopping and then flip flopping as well. There's just a lot of well, just talking about some of the, some of the narratives for it. I already know that had this been, let's say it was Mitch McConnell. And right. this was 2015. Exactly. You would have said, all right, well, you're standing up to China and you're not going to let China go ahead and, and, and bully you around. So we're going to show that America is going to go wherever America wants to go. Yep. Party politics, man. And they're, you know, they're threatening retaliation. And it's not just military force. I think no. people are initially are looking like, well, are they going to attack? Are they not going to let her? One of the, the thoughts that I heard yesterday was they're just going to you know shut down all airspace and not let her out mm-hmm. or there's going to be a military attack China can do so many other things to damage like they already have I think they've already hit uh, from what I understood this morning uh, did a cyber attack on Taiwan's uh, presidential office mm-hmm. they can do other cyber attacks they can they can unload a bunch of American debt uh, if they really want so there's a lot of other things that they can do other than military action right. to retaliate um, but I think a lot of people initially, at least they're playing it up as, oh no, you know, we're going to start World War III. Um, I don't know. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, they could start World War III, but, uh, at this point, there are a lot of other options too. A lot of saber rattling. Isn't there a Disney in, in China? Oh, I, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a Disney in so. China. I think so. That should be good enough to stop any World War, shouldn't <laughs> That's it? We should right. go, hey, guys, you've got a Disney. We've got a Disney. Let's go. We're fine. Let's, Just everyone go to Disney and it'll be fine. What's the ride inside uh, around the world or whatever that one is? They should all just go oh, take shit. a ride together. No, because that's going to get um, stuck in people's heads. <laughs> that's right. We it's all a live, small world. It's a small world. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Have you ridden that one? I've never been to Disney. Oh, you've got a treat coming then with your little girl. It is fun. Well, we're going to make sure to go to the one in China first. There you go. <laughs> um, more Democrats refusing to publicly endorse a second term for President Joe Biden. New York Congressional Representatives Jerry Nedler and Carolyn Maloney each refusing to answer when asked if they'd support a second Biden run for the White House. Maloney saying she doesn't believe the president will run again. Nadler says it's too early to say and the party will deal with it after the midterms. Ironically, one of those two 30-year congressional veterans won't make it to November as redistricting has Nadler and Maloney facing one another in this month's New York congressional primary. The president has said consistently he intends to seek a second term. In Washington, Jack Callahan, Fox News. This is one of the interesting places you're in less than two years into a term with someone who has a second term possible. <laughs> you don't hear this, right? It's what what you've seen up until up until you got to President Trump, um when he obviously ran a second time but him losing and being a one-term president so far, you had two-term president, two-term president, yep. two-term president. Like you just keep going back, and that's that's the way it has been for my whole life. Yep. You know, you go back to the '90s. That's just the way it's been for several presidents in a row. So, where are the Democrats on? whether or not Biden's even going to run, because that I I would have to do some research on how far back you'd have to go for a president having to lose a primary or something, but at least running and not even get jumping into the race. Right. Well, there's politics, and they, they want to get reelected. 
His his job approval rating, I believe, is as low as Congress yeah, right it, now, if been, not lower. It's been tanking, um, so, and, and he keeps pointing to the fact that in poll numbers, there are so many Democrats, so so many folks within his party that say they would vote for him over Trump. Right. But you have a majority of folks saying within the party they don't even want him to run in the first right. place. If it was down to him and Trump part two... Yes, a lot of the Democrats would vote for Joe Biden. Yep. That's just not the case of the party even wanting him to get to that right. place. <laughs> It'll be fun. Uh, Fun's not the word I would I, use for this. Well, I think it's I think I think it's interesting because oh, it's certainly intriguing. I love watching the infighting of both sides, and you know now you're looking at does Trump announce before or after if he's going to run the uh, the election in November. If he announces before, right, then you potentially, you know, strike up a, you know, a, a hot iron um, for Republicans as well. Um, it's the same thing on both sides. So I personally, I do think it's fun. So it's I'm it's enjoying in, it. It's intriguing. I don't know if I'd call it fun still, though. Um, all right. What else do we got over here? Yeah, this is uh this one's been a pretty big deal because it didn't pass at first, but uh, after a heated political battle, Senate has passed the PACT Act uh, that's aimed at helping veterans exposed to toxic burn pits. Republican Senator Pat Toomey was worried Democrats were going to add amendments to the Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics or PACT Act. Sneak in something that's completely unrelated, that could never pass on its own, and dare anyone to stand up and say a word about that. But after some debate and days of protests outside the Senate by veterans and advocates like comedian John Stewart, it's passed. They sacrificed for us, and unfortunately we haven't given that the attention it deserves. Until now, about 70% of disability claims related to burn pit exposure were denied by the VA due to lack of evidence. The PACT Act now goes to the president's desk to be signed into law. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. So yeah, there there has been, and this was a reason that you saw a lot of folks vote against this initially, was because of some pieces of legislation, some money that was that had nothing to do right and that happens all the time. with going towards veterans but yeah and that 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 becomes my point on how much can you really complain about the pork being added right to to bills and legislation when that's literally how congress works I know. that's how both parties work in in getting a lot of their stuff passed at no it is very difficult for anyone to come together and get both parties to agree on something and go this is a single, like the same way you have to do right. f- to do for the petition drives in Nebraska, right. where it's single topic. Here's what it is: they should pass a bill that the bill can only be about the bill. <laughs> That's what they need to do. You'd never be able to do that. I though, know because you wouldn't be able to because you have to go through in order to get the votes. It's, I know. You got to give a little here, give, give here, a little take, there. But then they add stuff in that doesn't even it's not doesn't even relate to it. I know. That's the frustration. And speaking of the burn pits, I had no, I had no information i didn't even know about burn pits until this weekend talked to a veteran myself yeah. about it and he was telling me that because uh, he served in the middle east for years that everything went in those burn pits mm-hmm. and they were he said we they, they were literally maybe five six eight hundred feet away yeah and didn't matter if it was medical supplies didn't matter if it was um you know trash from uh, from the mess hall or uh, clothing whatever anything uh, yeah. it was just thrown and incinerated and then they are there breathing it in i had no clue 
you think about the number of stuff because just we were just at Platte River State Park. Then you go and you have a little campfire, and it's well. Here are the list of things that you should not put in said campfire. Right. That was not a warning on on the burn pits. Nope. So you've you've got that and Senate passing that there. Um, there were a lot of primaries yesterday. Here's the recap. Let's start in Arizona, where the Republican primary for governor is still yet to be called. Trump endorsed Carrie Lake has a slight lead right now over Karen Taylor Robeson. But in another test of Trump's influence in the state, Blake Masters, who's endorsed by the former president, is projected to win his Senate primary against solar power businessman Jim Lehman and current Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Meanwhile, in Michigan, Tudor Dixon secures her spot as the GOP's candidate for governor of Michigan. Following her race being called, Dixon warning incumbent Governor Gretchen Whitmer that the people of Michigan want her out. And freshman Michigan Congressman Peter Meyer, who voted to impeach the former president, conceding to Trump-endorsed conservative challenger John Gibbs. All right, so as we are, now we got to keep back backwards mathing. 97 <laughs> days. <laughs> 97 days until we get to the general election. Um, here's one. Did you did you hear about this convenience store shootout out in California? I found this incredibly intriguing. We've got Officer Chad in studio, so uh, we're going to go ahead and play this one. An 80-year-old business owner here in Southern California saw a group of four armed robbers on a surveillance video, and one of those robbers tried rushing into his store with a rifle. He was ready for them with a shotgun. That robber was hit in the arm, and as he ran away, squealing that his arm had gotten shot off, even though it hadn't, the entire group of robbers then took off in a BMW SUV, almost leaving one of their own guys behind. It happened in Norco just before 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. And the Riverside County Sheriff's Office says four men are now in custody on robbery and conspiracy charges. That includes the suspect who was shot. We're told he is in critical but stable condition. Yeah, so you go through and you talk about the, one, you have the the parts where it's good guy with a gun in, in a certain right. place. But that is, that's his that's his store. Right. And you see those guys getting out to come in. They just immediately went into defense mode. That's going to be hard to be in that situation. But it was so good to see that he was prepared. He was prepared. you got to make a decision during that time. Uh, I did also see that after the incident, the store owner suffered a heart attack. Yeah, he did. He's he's reportedly in in stable condition now. Oh, he is now? Okay. Last I had seen, he wasn't doing all that great. Yeah, yeah, they said he's he's in stable condition, but did suffer a heart attack after the shootout. Yeah. He, He was ready. We'll get, to officer, of we'll get to Officer Chad in a couple yeah. minutes. <laughs> that, that's your early, early crime stopper. Little preview. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we got over here? Hey, there was a, uh, we talk about these wildfires on how some of them get started. How's about this one out in Utah? 26-year-old Cody Allen Martin told police he was hiking in the foothills south of Salt Lake City when he happened upon a spider. What we don't really know is why he stopped, pulled out a lighter, and tried to burn that spider. What he wound up doing was starting a fire that spread quickly up a mountain and burned less than one square mile. Deputies finding marijuana in his belongings, but say he didn't appear to be high. Investigators also say there's no evidence that he intentionally set the fire outside of burning the spider, that is. Now he's under arrest on suspicion of a reckless burn. No homes were damaged, by the way. John Saucier, Fox News. (laughs) There you go. There are it's different. Like, if you do, you're you're in the outdoors, I, there's going to be spiders. Well, you think when you're a kid, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, how cool would that be? You know, you're doing all these crazy, stupid things. <laughs> there's a spider. I want to know how big the spider was. Little spider, big spider, stupid. 
I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care how big that it could be the spider from Lord of the Rings. I don't care. You are in the you're in nature. Spiders are in nature. Leave them alone. Um, this last one here, pretty sad. We've talked about it, um, but legendary broadcaster Vince Scully did pass away yesterday. Scully was the longest-tenured broadcaster with a single team in pro sports history, beginning in the 1950s era of the Brooklyn Dodgers of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson, and then to Los Angeles when the team moved to California in 1958. In total, Scully called Dodgers games for 67 years. Dodgers president and CEO Stan Kasten on Tuesday night saying, We have lost an icon, and added, Vince Scully was one of the greatest voices in all of sports. He was a giant of a man, not only as a broadcaster, but as a humanitarian. He loved people, he loved life, he loved baseball and the Dodgers, and he loved his family. Vin Scully was 94. Ted Lindner, Fox News. When you talk about people in our industry, radio for one, but then you talk about those on the sports side of it that have ever done any play-by-play, there are certain names that are, these are the industry staples. And Vin Scully was that from the East Coast to the West Coast, Brooklyn to LA, and every team respected him. Every fan base respected him because he was going to tell it honest. Um, so that that's obviously he hadn't been on the airs airwaves for uh, um, five and a half years, to almost six years, but still a voice that's going to be missed. Yeah, there are voices you remember. I remember when I was Kent Kent Pavelka. I mean, yeah, I was, KP. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like you remember those? They they become part of your life, especially if they're mm-hmm. part of your team and you're following them. It's just who you are, and it's it's that nostalgia. And what we talked about yesterday, just that generation of great athletes, sportscasters are great. Billy Crystal had a great movie called Parental Guidance. Yeah. Have you watched that? No. And uh, in that, he is a minor league play-by-play announcer, but they also play Russ Hodges' Shot Her Around the World mm-hmm. for the 51 World Series, uh, just bringing back that nostalgia of the old-time play-by-play. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. R.I.P. Vince, Vince Scully. Um, we're going to go ahead and get to a break. We've got Crime Stoppers coming up, a lot more to get into. We've already heard from Officer Chad. I wonder mm-hmm. if he's got anything else to say this morning. It's 6.55 on KLI. Okay, I have your microphone off. <laughs> They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. 656 in the capital city. I have not seen Officer Chad for a few weeks, so good to see you. How you been? Well, I was doing great till you shut my mic off. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be. You hadn't had the Crime Stoppers open. You weren't supposed to be on it's, the air yet. It's always open. I'm always prepared. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so for... For you guys, just because we had you in and we played the clip from that that California shootout, yep. um, from the the officer side, from say LPD, and there's a shootout. What what is that process like when when you get a call that something like that has happened? But obviously, that situation's no longer a shootout as you guys go to the scene type of thing. So you mean as if as if a store owner had yeah. defended themselves and taken care? Well, we're we're still clearly going to handle it as a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody has fired a shot, whether it's in defense, whether they're trying to rob a store, it's still an active crime scene. Anytime you discharge a weapon within city limits, at the very minimum, it's a city ordinance violation. Mm. However, if you're shooting at somebody, it could be anywhere from a felony assault to an attempted homicide. Mm -hmm. Um, As a store owner, if you do defend yourself and you happen to shoot somebody and God forbid that they, they pass away, you're still going to be processed, and I, I hesitate to say as a suspect, but we still have to go through all the steps 
as if you may be prosecuted in the future. Right. We're going to do things like take DNA, fingerprints, um, gunshot residue swabs, things like that, just to process the entire scene. And we'll present that all that information that we gather to the county attorney. And we'll let the county attorney's office, you know, ultimately make the decision as to whether um, the store owner would be prosecuted for, you know, maybe being reckless, firing a shot when they probably shouldn't have, or whether you were justified. That's mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, we, we established probable cause to see if there was a crime committed. Right. Anytime somebody's life is taken, whether it's, you know, through a gunshot or a bow and arrow, you know, whatever, whether when it's intentionally taken, it is technically a homicide and we have to prepare for prosecution just in case. All right. So, well, yeah, that's uh, it's, th- thanks because that's interesting when you when you see the stuff like this and then hearing how yeah. how it's all handled. What what's a uh, what does Crime Stoppers have for us? This uh, week? First one we're going to do is clocked out. This one is back in March. Super C at Seventieth and Pioneers had their iPad stolen that the employees used to clock in and out. I, I'm not sure why somebody would grab that, but they went back looked at some footage from the store and they got a pretty good shot of a guy just walking in, picking up the iPad and walking right back oh. out. Yeah, a little weird on that one. Uh, The next one is purse prowling. We're going to stay with kind of a convenience store theme. This one's from February 2nd. Two men show up at the Shell gas station, 9600 Amber Hill Court. A male in khaki pants goes into the staff area and takes an employee's wallet. They were seen leaving in a maroon Mazda SUV. Um, We have really, really good pictures of that SUV. The suspect pictures are okay, but of course they're wearing winter coats and masks. So yeah. I think somebody will probably have a good shot at recognizing the car on this one. And if someone does recognize, has other information, where can they help you guys out? Then go to LincolnCrimeStoppers.com or call us at 475-3600. And a quick reminder, there's still that $1,000 reward for the help. Uh, anybody helping find us, um, geez, I can't talk all of a sudden, Gustavo <laughs> Cardenas. He's a driver responsible for the mm-hmm. hit and run on O Street. That, yeah caused loss of life so well officer chad i appreciate seeing you for the first time in a few weeks i'll Thank be back you. next week we won't take this long of a break we'll have some fishing stories to talk about that, all right i'm good with that it's <laughs> seven o'clock on klim that's a quick check of your time saver traffic live from the momo pizzeria and ristorante studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city this is lnk today with jack and friends on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin it's time to get it off your chest with what chaps your hide wednesday Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. We've got a number of chaps on the Facebook page to get to. Text line's been pretty slow. Only one of them there that we'll have. And the phone lines are open. So all I can assume is that as soon as Jack left, people were less chapped. (laughs) I feel like that's a safe... uh, That's a... uh, uh, a safe assumption. I'm Caleb Henry. That's Doug Fitzgerald, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. Either of you guys got any chaps we need to get to off the top here? Um, yeah, I've got one, but I'm not sure I'm ready to expound on it. You're not oh, ready? He's got to prepare. Got to flesh it out a little bit more. I've got one right off the top here. All right. Because I heard it yesterday, and I thought about it yesterday, and I forgot about it, but then I heard it again this morning. Mm-mm. The name of the store is J.C. Penny, not J.C. Penny's, mm-hmm. unless it's obviously possessive. More than one. 
or possessive. Ben. Did you hear that on the news here? I did. <laughs> I did hear it on the news here. Is that the, did someone write it up that way? Well, what I'm wondering, yeah, well, yeah, I didn't write any of those. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard Matt say it yesterday, and I was like, okay, I get it. I, I hear a lot of people just call it J.C. Penney's. I'm going to J.C. Penney's. Right. Like, I'm I probably guilty. Got this jacket at J.C. Penney's. The playground is right outside J.C. Penney's at the mall. <laughs> yep, there it is. I had to take a. I had to when you mentioned it the other day about the playground outside. Uh-huh. I had to. I had to take a just reverse in my mind to realize it was still at the mall. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> First of all, because I'm like J.C. Penney. I haven't heard that forever. So that's mine. It's it's right. very minor, but I hear it a lot. It's like uh-huh. to to me, it, it hits my ears the same way um, daylight savings time does. <laughs> You know, yeah, so. that's, that's I, not a word, or that's not the correct right. So pronu- just, pronouncer just, of it. Just a small thing that hits my ears from time to time. That's like there is no such word as irregardless. That's the one that gets me. So I think they have that in the like as part of the dictionary, but also there's there's no right way to use it. <laughs> you know, I think that's more of the issue. <laughs> Well, it may be in the dictionary. It never used to be, so I, I guess uh, it's now the uh, Webster-Henry Dictionary. Yeah, it could be. So. Um, on the Rick Sign Recognition text line, which you can use, 402-479-1400, both text and call, Craig says, restaurants that sing happy birthday way too loud to customers. Yeah, there there are those that you're just a table over, and you're like, all right, cool, this is going to be, this is they're going to sing happy birthday, and then you're like, and that is in my ear. That is loud. And then you're on the other side of the restaurant. Yep. You're like, okay, cool. They look like they're going to sing happy birthday over there. We can still hold a conversation. You're like, they are yelling. <laughs> and the ones that parade through the, to, through the restaurant as they're singing, like a little train. What was, what was the one that used to bear, bear, uh, bring out the big sombrero that you... Oh! Um, you had to wear the sombrero in order to get your... Uh, Right, what was it? What the the ice cream? The oh, I can't remember. Right, ice cream. They didn't do that at Carlos O'Kelly's, did they? No. Well, maybe it was. Man, I, I, I always I always felt bad for those people because that sombrero a lot of times would fall down over your ears <laughs> and your eyes and everything else. What about the one where you ride the the saddle? Oh, the that's a te- road Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. Hop on the saddle. You know when that thing's coming out, something's <laughs> happening. You just said Roadhouse, and I was like, yeah, Patrick Swayze was not at that birthday <laughs> celebration. Um, OG Steven says red lights still out in full force. Yeah, yeah I'll agree with that one, especially yeah. red light Lincoln at 4 in the morning. No traffic, light turns red, you stop. And stop. I still want those to be, just because coming from Kearney and knowing what time I got up there and what time I get up here, just make them flashing. Yellow. Yeah, flashing yellow. Mm. On the main thoroughfare. On the main thoroughfare. And flashing, flashing red. On the others. On, so like here where it's 44th and O, flashing red if you are on, or flashing yellow if you are on O Street, flashing yellow if you are on 44th, coming red. up to that intersection. Red. Yeah, red. Yep, uh, you got way, it. You yes. got it. You, you guys know what I'm talking uh, about. That's here. Wednesday. It's fine. It'll get there. I thought it was Saturday. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, see, OG I Steven says, I'm guessing Caleb would, wouldn't like monkey wards then. I don't know what that is. That's Montgomery Ward. That's the way it was referred to for years. Uh, oh. My grandparents, my folks all referred to it as monkey ward. I have no idea what that is. Do you know what Montgomery Ward is? No. 
It was a department store chain that was one of the biggest uh, uh, competitors to Sears for years and years. See, that's the part of the confusion. I don't get the reference that it's going back to on what it's what's being mispronounced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you waited for the for the Sears catalog and the Monkey Ward catalog. Uh, Dangerous Darren says, anyone who says first annual, yes. there is no first annual until there is a second annual. It is supposed to be inaugural. I agree. That drives me nuts. <laughs> when they have the, uh, or, or you go to have an event and they call it the classic. It's been going on for a year, man. <laughs> There's not, not really classic, anything classic about it yet. Uh, Mosh Pit Chad, my chap, going on vacation, getting a taste of freedom, then coming back to work experience. The, oh, this BS vibe. <laughs> I'm not having that. I want to make sure people know that's that's not me. I didn't tell uh, tell Dangerous Darren to say that. On the Facebook page, Phil says the half fold over front page of the newspaper. I take it off and throw it away without looking mm. at it. What 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 is he talking about there? The the half fold over on the well, newspaper. The advertisement. Isn't the the advertisement. A little half thing. Okay. You have to take it out before you can actually read the paper. I just read it online. So. Well, and, the th- and well, that that brings to mind for me that the thing that drives me nuts is when you go on, you click on a headline, right, and you want to read the story, and you start reading the story for about five seconds, and then a pop up comes and said you have to subscribe to the page. I had this, so I actually I had this on um, Monday because I wanted to look through a lot of the video from the the practice, the Husker right. football practice that people were allowed to. A lot of our content here for KLIN goes to Husker Max and, and their website, All Huskers as well. So I'm going through and I get down to a video that I want to watch. I go, okay. So I click on the video. It's got an ad. And I'm like, alright, it's a 45 second ad. That's whatever. Gets down to five seconds left and then a pop-up ad covers the screen and I went, there's no way. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm, I'm getting hit with ads on top of ads. I just want to watch this video of Casey Thompson throwing the football for five seconds. Yep. Speaking of uh, being driven nuts uh, by this stuff, today is National Grab Some Nuts Day, <laughs> August 3rd. Defining a nut is tricky, though, though botanically an almond and cashew aren't considered nuts. Once they're in the can, hard to tell the difference. So, National Nut Day. We're going to let that one just hang out there. Sam says the amount of vacation time Jack gets. I think we can all agree with that one. Who, who, me? Um, Phil says, I'm a roundabout advocate, but the new one at West A and Folsom is atrocious. I expect accidents during winter, especially um, unless there are more updates coming soon. I have not been out to see that. I haven't seen that one yet. I wonder if it's like the original 14th and Superior one. It had modifications and modifications, and it's still a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria says a car dealer ghosted me on a deal. There's more to this story, but I'm just going to leave it as it is. How would a car dealer ghost you on a deal? Now, car dealers want those deals, so I'm I'm wondering if mm. did somebody go and offer more? Or, I want more details, Maria. Um, Matt, lots of things from the heat to our bumbler in chief, but mostly people that use a stage name when they don't perform on a stage. Are we talking about Jack? Life's a stage, Matt. And all the world's the audience. <laughs> it wasn't that the the Shakespeare quote. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Oh, sorry, read, I did theater. I, never, I saw that everywhere. Never read um, Shakespeare. Evan says school starts soon. Jill, public restrooms with no hooks for bags and purses. I hear that one a lot. Uh, Marsha says that Doug Fitzgerald isn't on mornings more often. Hey, I like Marsha. That's a very positive that spin was. Chats, yes, it isn't is. it? 
Or is that a chap? It's a chap that you're not here more. Ah. See the way she did that? I like smart. that one. That smart. Hey. Um, Dave says this stupid question all over my Facebook feed, and it's got, so it's got the, he did a screenshot of the What Chaps Your Hide post that I made for um, for Facebook, and then below it, it says, do you want to see more or less posts like this in the feed? And then you can click show more or show less. Just show me the stuff, Jack talks about this all the time, right. just show me what's there in chronological order. <laughs> I know. It should not be that difficult. Uh, back to the text line, Dealer Dave says, you know what chaps my hide? Werner Park in Sarper County, or Sarpy County. I took my son there recently for our first Storm Chasers game. That stadium is a disappointment. Haymarket Park experience, far superior. All right, and now that's interesting because Werner Park is supposed to be getting a ton of upgrades mm-hmm. um, going forward as part of their uh, what they have to do to be a minor league ballpark. Let's go to the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, and because I'm on the microphone, I can't screen the call. So, uh, welcome to LNK Today. Who are we talking with? Morning, this is Kim. Hey, Kim, what's chopping your hide this Wednesday? Well, let me tell you, last night went to a great concert out at Pinewood Bowl, mm-hmm. and there's so many Nazis walking around, i.e. security and... Uh, company that it's hard to even enjoy the show so i'm saying they don't need so many people trying to uh ruin the show all right thanks kim thanks for that uh back to the text line chicken rich says what chaps my hide jack leaving us all alone on chaps my hide day (laughs) i think this is the day that jack lives for every week like he's very he's very good at chaps. He he is, and why should it be chap? Because he's taking a day off. I mean, th- think about retirement. Retire the one down thing to retirement is you never get a day off. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, OG Stephen, he's got a couple here. He he's he's very good on our text line. I think OG Stephen is is one of our Mount Rushmore for texters. Uh, but he said Caleb is going to say chaps generational, <laughs> um, and then said. Um, clickbait on Twitter, photos and captions that don't match the article. Mm. Yeah, I see some of that, and that trust me, that gets me a lot when I'm looking for sports stories. Yep. When, and, when, and when you, when you see a, a an article that or a piece that you want to go look at, and then you realize that it's probably the fiftieth one in that list of stuff that they're going to show you. So right. right. Or when you when you talk about pictures not matching the article yes we know there are times when there are suspects arrested and it shows up on the google page and it's got jack mitchell's picture with it (laughs) jack mitchell has not been arrested as a suspect that's not why he's gone this week um so yeah there there are those those that can be bothersome and and chappy for us as well that's that's a technical issue with with one of our vendors we're, we're figuring it out it does give me some joy when I see it, though, and Jack complain about it. Did you figure out the way you want to word it, Mark, or no? Not not that chapped about no. it. I'm My, I, I'm afraid we'd have a call from the FCC. <laughs> mine happened on Monday. We had people coming over. We were going to watch TV. Remote doesn't work. We remote didn't work for you guys to watch the Bachelorettes. No, and <laughs> I had to I had to open up the battery compartment. Corrosion everywhere. Hate that. Got to clean it out. Yep. Got to change those batteries sooner. That's true, too, which meant we weren't <laughs> using it at all. Not not to blame you guys, but... Speaking of remotes, I got to change one out today because 
half the buttons don't work anymore. <laughs> that sounds like, yeah, you just got to get a whole new remote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, and we've changed the batteries and all that, but I guess I'll leave, make that my chap. When the remote doesn't work, you got to get up to change the channel. Keep those chaps coming on the Rick Sign Recognition text line 402 479 1400. Thanks for I, all of those coming. What? When I was growing up, I was the remote. <laughs> That's I, right. I, That's right. I remember being the remote, yep. too. And I'll tell you, eight feet through a shag carpet is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 725 KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to you at 99.3 KLIN. 740 in the capital city, 83 degrees. Still some good chaps conversations going on. You can keep those coming in. 402-479-1400 on the Rick Stein Recognition text line. We'll respond as we've got time. But first, we've got to get into the morning drive. Number five. And, of course, the morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. The COVID-19 risk dial remains low orange for the fourth week. Health Department reported yesterday some key indicators showing signs of improvement. Cases in a slight decrease over the prior week from 633 to 618. Wastewater surveillance shows a decline in virus particles. And the seven-day rolling average of hospitalizations decreased from 42 to 34 on Tuesday. So some good trends there. Doug, you were bringing this up during the break. How do they do the wastewater surveillance? How would you like that job, Mark? Actually, that is uh, it's pretty uh, interesting uh, process. They have a, a sample, a, a beaker uh-huh. that they put down into one of the um, treatment areas. It's uh, on a very, very long stick. It's transferred to uh, a container, and it goes to a lab in Omaha that then tests for those particles. What else do they test for? Do you know? Is it just well, they, for that, or th- that's can they do a bunch of other tests? They can do a lot of other testing okay. too. So. Huh. This, Interesting. This I didn't is, know. This is one that they uh, have been able to uh, isolate, and it's it's used in quite a few communities. So it's uh, quite a process, but, uh, you know, a good way to... And, and it, what it really measures is the virus load in the community. So it's a, it's actually a community-wide, uh, and it doesn't count on home tests or, you know, anything. It just gives you a, a level, and as you get more and more of these tests done, you, you can see the trends higher lower. So. Kind of like a colonoscopy for the sewer system. That's kind of what it is. The way with, Mark defined with, it. Yeah. I wouldn't know that yet. Without, <laughs> but without the prep. <laughs> without the prep. Uh, Mark, you talk about the the rolling average of hospitalizations. We understand those numbers a little bit better now. Yeah, we do. I, I had a great conversation with some staff and uh, Director Lopez yesterday. It was not an interview for a broadcast. Made it very clear that it was for background for me, and uh, found out that the. Uh, because we had been, uh, there were some reports coming out of California that hospitals there were reporting COVID numbers, but the one of the chief surgeons or one of the medical directors said none of the people that had been reported with COVID were in the hospital because of COVID. So that that was, and we'd gotten some, I don't want to say pushback, but we'd gotten some questions in here to the newsroom, and I'd bet, talked to several people. And so I wanted to clear, get that clarified. And, and no, in Lancaster County, the health department, does not report uh, those types of things. These are people that are hospitalized because of their COVID symptoms. Right. Now, on the good side of, of that, you know, found out that, you know, the, the need for ventilators has been very, very low. Very few people have been on ventilators. And, of course, the, the deaths have been uh, few and far between, thank goodness. Uh, as far as reporting, 
it's usually that, that only upon a death that we will find out whether there was an underlying health condition of some type because deaths are not reported until the health department actually receives the death certificate. Okay. So the the when you hear there is a death reported, it may have been in the previous several days that mm. the death took place. It was not that particular. Well, I really appreciate you getting that clarification. I do. I I think that's important information for people. That's a lot of good information there. And 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 on the the deaths from COVID, they have to go by the official cause of death that the uh, whoever the uh, medical. Uh, person that is that signs the death term get so but, and like when my mother passed it was a result of uh, a pneumonia caused by influenza hmm. so you, you had you know those types of things so. okay so when the health department reports a death uh, if if it shows there was an underlying condition they will report that all right well thank you for that mark yep Number four. Nebraska Athletics announced yesterday the red carpet experience is going to continue through the 22-23 season and probably well into the future because of a multi-year gift from a very generous foundation. Yeah, the Fred and Sally Beacons Foundation. It's uh, So you've got that. You've got donors from across the state. This is awesome. Yeah. When, when we first found out about this last year, yes, there there was some pessimism from some folks, and I'm sure there there is with this announcement as well that, well, it's just to prop up the, the sellout streak. Yeah. I can understand that. That's fine. But it's very hard to be that gloomy about a, a product like this, about this experience, because it's to go and provide Husker tickets to underserved youth across the state of Nebraska. Well, it was a problem that brought on a great solution. Yeah. And so, and I didn't realize, reading this article, I didn't realize it also now includes volleyball, men's and women's basketball, yep. softball, and baseball. Yep. So you talk about young kids going to experience those moments for the first time that could literally light a fire within them. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. Well, it's the... And, and I, I saw this I saw this quote talking about a different place, but you, you find the, the correlations between uh, religion and Husker sports in the state mm-hmm. of Nebraska. A quiet church is a dying church. Well, you find that with, with Husker sports. True. True. Is, is that you, you have an aging... Fan base. How do you get the younger folks yeah. involved? And you have to do that via access. And this is a way that you can get access to some folks that may not have the means to have ever gone to a Husker event. And it was so cool to see it come out for Husker football and then spread to the winter sports, yeah. women, men's and women's basketball, like you said. Then in the spring, baseball and softball, especially when you see softball play as well as they did. Oh, yeah. Well, just the women's sports in general, the, the year that they had to have access to those that maybe you wouldn't have had before, mm-hmm. even with the, what the prices are to get into some of these contests. So yeah. I love it. You're going to get it to see it again here this fall. It's cool the experiences you saw from people that they signed up and they were able to there was a group of people that would go from different communities to be part of this experience. Do you know like what did these youth actually what do they experience that day? So is there, it more than just the athletic event? I think it's more than just the athletic event. In in, in I remember seeing reports last year on what it was. I know the Journal Star had some stuff did on it. Did they get it, to meet some players sometimes? Do they get a maybe a tour facilities? I'm sure there there's there's some more to it. I think there's part of there a meal is part of it yeah. as well. So yeah, there there's a lot more than just I say a lot more. There's more to it than just going to said contest. What a cool thing. Yeah. But yeah, expanding that access to the people that need it, it helps you out as well. It grows your fan base going forward. And that might be someone that, like you said, lights a fire that would have yeah. would have not otherwise been there. 
So very cool. Love to see that donation again. That was from the Fred and Sally Beacons Foundation. Um, and, of course, number of donors across the state that have contributed to this red carpet experience with the University of Nebraska. Number three. Uh, Dr. Leonard H. McCoy was known better as Bones in the science fiction franchise Star Trek. Uh some research at UNL could put a good doctor in space out of business, so to speak. Uh, interesting article. I'd, I'd read a little bit about this, but Chris Dunker has put it together in the Journal Star. A robot capable of autonomously operating on an ailing astronaut. Sounds like science fiction, but they're actually going to send a prototype uh, with NASA. It's a surgical device called a miniaturized in vivo robotic assistant. Mira, it's called. Um, and if needed, it's retrieved from a small locker on, like, the space station or on Mars or wherever. Turned on, then it goes to work. It could perform a non-invasive abdominal procedure, such a, as a colon resection or fixing a ruptured appendix, so things like that. NASA awarded UNL a $100,000 grant through the established program to stimulate competitive research program. And they're working with a company here in at uh, Innovation Campus called Virtual Incision. Neat stuff. This is so cool. Like when I saw this on here and I saw Chris Dunker's story on it, I was just like, the the possibilities. You start trying to think about all the what NASA and what the space programs want to do and where they want to go, and to be able to go grab something. Just like when you go grab a med kit, you do it at home. Hey, go get the band aids. You know right, where they are. Right. You go pull this out of a locker, and you're on Mars. You are you are somewhere traveling throughout the solar system. To be able to go grab that, so not weird. just here at the International Space Station, not just on the moon, but you are millions of miles from home. And you can go, yep, I'm patched up and we're good to go and, and keep exploring. And to think and that is it so that's somebody on the on Earth actually controlling the mechanism, right? Is that what they're well, talking about? I believe it would it would run on its own. That's why I understand it. But, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it would autonomously run on its own. It would be programmed on how to go about its business. So, That's even more freaky. I know. So what they're doing now is it's going to go up into space. <laughs> Just let this um, thing hop on you and go to work. It's going to go up into space, and the astronauts that are there right now are not going to have to do anything with it. It's going to sit in. Uh, uh, the article said it's about a microwave size um, box that there's going to be a number of tests that Mira is going to run through. They're going to get all of the data from that and then see where improvements need to be made. This didn't work. This did work. We can expand on this. And they'll continue to develop that, hmm. which is so cool that, yeah. one, it's it's amazing that this is in development at all. It's in our backyard that yeah. this is coming yeah. from. Well, not, not only that, but Virtual Incision, the company that's developing it, uh, has been they've got uh, units that they've been used already in procedures here on earth at Bryan Medical. Science is wild. Yeah, it's cool. It's just there there there's so many cool things and the, the amount of news we've had about about space and technology just this summer, let alone this entire year. Love it. It's awesome stuff. So always great especially when uh when folks that are local are being involved with all of that. Number two. UNL's uh, return to campus details have been released. COVID testing will be voluntary. No campus re-entry testing is planned. So basically, it's back to normal. Uh, we've got uh, President Ted Carter has been on the newscast all morning talking about it. And uh, the Nebraska Today, the university, uh, news, or the university news website's got a full detailed rundown on it. And you can actually get that link at KLIN.com. But no 
No COVID protocols. It's back to normal. The app that they were using no longer being used. They're just using their own web and uh, their university's app. So. Doug, you said there were some excited UNL students about this uh, yeah. this news. Friends and relatives we know at the university, and um, yeah, because it was uh, you don't know, I guess, unless you have unless you're doing going through it or you have a student going through it. But um, the inconvenience that it was, obviously for a good reason, but mm. inconvenience is still. Uh, but now to not have to do that, I know is going to be a because that was a conversation, a, a topic, of conversation on July fourth with us uh, about oh having to go back and testing and all that. But like you said earlier, though, this this still going to be available, yeah, which is great. But yeah, that's fantastic because you do still have the and we we have it here and we've we've had people here at a broadcast house that have had COVID and had to get tested. So if you have those where you go. Well, I sat right next to Jimmy in in science right. science 101 and he's he's out he's got covid. Well, I can just go over and you can go get tested for free with your end card. Yep. It's still available for everyone to go and just check up um, if if you need to or if you are someone who wants to still do weekly tests type of thing. Like if you still want to regularly be tested just to know and to know for people around you, that option's not gone just right. because it's not a mandatory testing yeah, yeah. going forward. Testing sites will be at both unions, uh, City Campus and East Campus. City Campus, I believe, is already underway, or they have it available for uh, students that are on campus. Uh, East East Campus is going to be delayed because of until I think the day they come back, the twenty second, because of you know, some construction. But basically, this is the equivalent of having a, uh, our home test and, uh, and available to all students right there on campus. It's sort of the the equivalent there. No, so. that's awesome. Number one. Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully uh, provided the soundtrack of summer while entertaining and informing Dodgers fans in Brooklyn and Los Angeles. He did play-by-play for 67 years. He died last night at the age of 94. And very few people know, but he uh, saw it all, called it all, began in the 1950s era of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. And even one season or two seasons, he was a host on a game show on daytime television. What was the game show? I have been trying to recall, but I remember seeing him and I, you know, I was growing up in Minnesota, didn't realize what a prolific broadcaster he was, but man, he was good at that game show. So The um, game show was It Takes Two. Okay. They gave numerical answers to questions and it, it ran from uh, 1969 to 1970. Yeah, it was a very short show. But, <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he did it all and, and uh, was a uh, just a consummate uh, play-by-play guy for the Dodgers. Do you think of the Dodgers World Championships, the, those World Series that he was able to call? He called three perfect games, 20 no-hitters, um, and then when everything gets done and he's the last game he calls is a Dodgers-Giants game and you get a standing ovation from the Giants fans... Mm. Yeah. That would be impressive after a 15-20 year career to go, oh, the respect from the, the, the rival teams. Everyone respected Vince Scully. Yeah. That, that is a voice, and, and I think uh, OG Steven texted it in earlier as well. It's hard, if not impossible, to replace these voices. Oh, yeah. The, the voices that you know that have done it for so many years, and there are some very talented folks that we know in the, uh, in the industry. Radio, television, etc. It's hard to replace the Hall of Fame voices that you have known, especially someone who worked for one team from the East Coast to the West Coast. And then become a part of your history. 
and what you remember yeah. and your culture. You know, uh, Officer Hine was in, and he was talking about Paul Harvey. Yeah. And remembering how important that was with him and his dad driving down mm-hmm. uh, during the summer or whenever and listening to Paul Harvey. And um, for me, Kent Pavelka is always, that's what I think of instantly when I start thinking of Husker football. It's just because that's what I did when I was a kid. You know, we listened to radio and and enjoyed that. So Vince, go, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, pretty it's impressive. It's sad for the passing, but it's exciting for the memories that people right. are able to go through on, on days like this. And then how do you even replace something like that, right? Somebody yeah. like that. We were talking about re- even play, replacing the athletes, these amazing athletes mm-hmm. and uh, that generation. You can't. Right. That is your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. It is 7.56. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Perfect. I'm Chris Lofgren. Thanks, Chris. We've got a full 8 o'clock hour coming up for you. It includes our friend John Bishop. That here in about 30 minutes. It is 8 o'clock. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Rolling along on a Wednesday, 810. Caleb Henry, Doug Fitzgerald in studio with you. Mark Vale, KLIN Newsroom. Chris Lofgren with your time saver traffic. Hey, I released my latest episode of the Hey Dad podcast yesterday with my guest Larry Putney. You probably know the name. And if you don't, you at least will recognize you've heard him on state championships on what was NET and is now Nebraska Public Media. I grew up hearing him. You can still hear him. Uh, He also does some work for the Big Ten Network. I had a great conversation with him. Wanted to play you guys a clip from that. You can also go hear the full conversation at KLIN.com, Spotify, anywhere that you do go get your podcast. So without any further ado, my conversation with Larry Putney. What was your involvement with bowling, with younger sports, as uh, you balance that with, obviously, being a working dad? Yeah, yeah. So super involved, actually. You know, I've, um, I've been on the board of the Lincoln Cyclones. I coached for, you know, the Lincoln Sox. I coached for the Cyclones. I coached for the Rebels now. In fact, my son, who's, uh, who wants to be a coach, he's the one who's junior at the university. We coach a, a youth baseball team, the Lincoln Rebels, right now, an 11-year-old team together. Um, so you know, we've been we've been in, you know involved in developing and in youth sports forever. So I coached all of my my kids, and it wasn't easy, you know, especially early on when you're in TV and you know you, you get two hours, you know, to get away a little bit at night to, to go coach or to run a practice. But yeah, we've been doing that forever. It's not just bowling. It's 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 typically it's been bowling, baseball, softball. You know, those are the how did Sports. how did your kids take it as you being their coach at different levels? I I'm from a small town, and, yeah. and as folks know, my dad was my coach in several sports, yeah. Yeah. Um, including at the varsity level. How how did your kids take that with with having coach dad? You know, I hear I often hear you know we leave the coach at home or we leave the coach in the field. We got that wasn't the way it was for us. Like we were. You know, we were always talking sports and always watching together and always talking about situations in the field and what the team needed to do. And there wasn't this separation for us. I think it was just part of what our family did. You know, we we come home, we go play baseball or go coach it and have a game and come home and watch it at night. And, you know, the good we've always been Dodgers fans. So we're able to, you know, stay up late and watch baseball because they were on the other coast. So we had we had a full day of it. It was not I would tell you, my, my sons will tell you now that they think I was significantly harder on them than I was 
you know, the other kids on the team. That's what we all believe, by the way. And it's, yeah. it's true every time. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think they're completely wrong, right? I don't, I don't think they're completely wrong. There's just a different level of expectation, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you that with having my dad, and I completely agree, we, we were the same way, because when I had gotten to high school as a freshman, I was thinking, okay, in order to fit in with the other basketball players, I have to call him coach. So everyone knows that there's no preferential treatment. I think I called him coach one time and he said, why would you call me that? I'm your dad. Say dad. Everyone knows who this is. Um, so then I just called him dad the rest of the time and every, everyone knew what that was. And I, over the four years, I started every game except two. Um, and so it was right away being involved with my dad. He coached my baseball team growing up um, all the way through high school. He was my track coach in the spring. He was our, our weight, uh, our weightlifting coach teacher we got to have it as a class so that was always nice and um junior high he coached one of my years for football so i had him in so many different sports and i had him as a teacher but it was always dad and that was one of the things that i loved that whether we were at a game at a practice just being out and about being at home it was always dad and we could have the conversations to me that made it more relatable that we didn't have to cut yeah. something off at the doorway. Yeah, see, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't cut it off either. It was. It was a continual. Mm-hmm. It was part of who you were. It was part of the culture of your family. It was part of your relationship with your dad. It's the same way for all of us. And I, th- you know, it is even, even today. Like you know, we my one of my sons made the college club baseball world series in South Carolina. He plays club baseball for Nebraska. Um, and we all went out there. The whole family went, you know, yeah. it's just part of, yeah, it's just part of what we do. That's what family vacations were for us. It was, it was wherever <laughs> you had a tournament. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> this year it's going to be Colorado. Next year it's going to be Texas. The year after that it's Kentucky. Yeah. That's one of the things now as a, as a young dad and my daughter's not quite two yet. And it's figuring out, like family vacations. What is that going to look like? What can we go do? And um, and our our wedding was at a state park, so we were out at a cabin, but it's also, okay, our family's kind of all over. Is it a vacation if we go visit them here? Or what can we go do? And Mm -hmm. and my wife has said, all right, so what did you do growing up? I was like, well, I remember up until I was old enough to be in sports, I guess we'd go like camping. Um, And even then there were times I'd go on fishing trips with my dad, but it was we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Sioux Falls because I got a weekend basketball tournament. I'm playing Mr. Basketball or I've got a baseball yeah. tournament in in Kansas, so we're gonna go down there. It was always wherever there was a sport going on. Yeah. Um after my senior year of high school, my dad and I drove to North Carolina for the Junior Olympics Nationals. Um and one terrible way to go compete when you camp the whole way out there. My body did not feel great. But I was with my dad the whole time. I was like, oh, this is a vacation. Like, yeah. that, that's just what it is. So now I'm trying to wrap my head around, well, what do you do with someone that's not old enough to be in sports and we're not going to tournaments, but we still want to do family stuff? Yeah, that'll change in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, it will not take long for that to change. I, I will say that's one of the things that we've enjoyed, um, you know, with the kids being out of the house is, you know, now it's like baseball games. We can go to, we can go to, you know, major league baseball. You could never go to a major league baseball game during the baseball season. <laughs> and now we can, now we can go enjoy that and hit some stadiums and, you know, kind of enjoy that time together. 
one so so you've got your kids are, are helping coach has there come up a time where you guys are coaching against each other yet not yet no no that's interesting um so my my grandfather coached track and field my dad coached track and field when i lived in central yeah. nebraska um i coached the throwers at, at carney catholic and there was multiple times that I coached against my dad at regular season meets, at a conference meet, and then at state, at Omaha Burke. Um, so it was super fun to go and see my throwers against his throwers, and he had kind of an established program, and I was trying to build a foundation for one. But I also coached against my sister, because she was still a senior in high school, one of the first years that I was coaching. So when, when you talk about the the just families being involved in sports it's dad is a coach son is a coach daughter is still an athlete and even though dad is her coach she was coming to me between throws because she trusted me more than dad because (laughs) you know now that you say that Caleb we actually did we had one instance where um it was a junior varsity tournament so we host a junior varsity tournament because because there aren't a lot of them around the state mm-hmm. and we host it every year over the holiday break at uh, sun valley lanes and uh i was coaching one of the jv teams for pius and my son coached the other jv team and it got to the bracket and we both ran all the way to the finals and so the finals was jv1 versus jv2 <laughs> that my son coached the jv1 i had the jv2 um yeah, I played. I played a few mind games with him. When, <laughs> when we got to we got to the finals. I said um, <clears throat> because when you're you, a lot of people don't understand, there's significant difference between lanes and in bowling. Right? It's the condition. It's the bowling ball. It's there's a lot of factors that go into being successful as a bowler. It's not just throwing it down and knocking down pins, which most <laughs> people think. Right? So anyway, there was one lane that was playing a little better, and so he, as the top seed got to choose the lane they wanted to start on. And I looked at him and I said, are you you're seriously going to do this? You have the best team and you're also <laughs> going to take the best lane. That's what you're going to do. And he looked at me and he goes, no, you can have that lane. And I just shook my head and I said, rookie mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, you take the advantage if you have it. <laughs> <laughs> now, he ended up beating us three games to two, but it was close. It was, it was, it was fun. So. No, that is, uh, that's awesome. That's one of the things that I do since, since I've moved to Lincoln. I do miss getting to just run into my dad at, at a track meet and be like, oh, all right, well, it's uh, my throwers against your throwers. Let's see how they do. And Nine times out of ten, it was his. But every now and then, I'd have a thrower do really, really well, and I'd just kind of look at him and go, that's right. We got, we got, a, we got a little something <laughs> happening over here. That's, that, that's awesome. Yeah, we, um, we, we still enjoy it together. You know, that's the thing. We, so two, two of my sons are, are coaching for Pius. I'm coaching for Pius. My daughter, Bulls, she's in Texas. She's still bowling competitively. So, yeah, we, we, we all still enjoy it together. No, that's uh, that's. For folks that, that when we talk about, and obviously here, specifically with, with my family there, we were talking track and field. With yours, it's talking yeah. bowling. But there's something about sports that, that bind families, that bind, yeah. bind especially the, the connection with dads. Not that there's not the connection with, with moms, but there, there's just something about the connection with dads and sports and, yeah. and where that grows from, from being really little to being adults and, and that connection still continuing. 
You know, I think what it is, is um, it's teaching competitiveness, right? I, I just think a firm believer that if you're going to be successful, you have to have some level of competitiveness internally that's going to drive you, whether it doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter if you're in sports or sales or business or what, there's a level of competitiveness that you need to be successful. And, um, and I think sports teaches that. And so we had always, my wife and I had always agreed anytime we can get the kids into anything that's going to help them be competitive and want to win and, you know, and, and drive to be successful, that that's only going to pay, pay dividends later. So that's one of the reasons that we just, you know, and I know that's why my dad chose sports that I could compete in, right? I mean, he didn't say, yeah, you should go play basketball. You know, he didn't say, yeah, you should go, you should go, you know, try to be a tight end. I think he, you know, he, he picked the things that he knew that we'd be able to, because we were, you know, we were good athletes, just all really little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think that's, that's, that's such a valuable thing though, for, for dads and parents to, to understand is you, you want your kids to do something. And the, the baseline is, Go be competitive in something so you can work on that life skill. But yep. being able to recognize where the most success might happen, that you can build that self-esteem. Because it, it, was, it wasn't going to do you a whole lot of good to, to go try to be an interior lineman. It, <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't going to help you out at all to try to be a high jumper. But there were ways that you could be successful and grow that bond and be competitive um, yeah. and be a productive human, me- human being yeah. going forward. Yeah. So that's, that's such a credit to, to your dad being able to see that at a very young yeah. age. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think about that often about, you know, he, the, the purposefulness with which he did that, right? The, the, he purposefully would take us to baseball. He purposefully would you know, take us to the ball. He, he would find these things where we could compete and be successful. And, you know, even, even other things that weren't, you know, major sports, we would find ways to compete at Fourth of July and Thanksgiving and, you know, just the family game kind of <laughs> stuff that was always a blast. Yeah. So as you're, you're you said you're a Dodgers fan, has it been your whole life that you've been a Dodgers fan? Yeah, so it was it was, uh, it was seventy two. Uh, I was at the College World Series in Omaha, and Pee Wee Reese was sitting behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And so my dad said, "That's Pee Wee Reese. You should go get his autograph." So I went down and got his autograph, and I've been a Dodgers fan ever since. I still have the autograph. Is so? Did did right there that become was that favorite athlete growing up, or was there there yeah, someone else? I think it, it became Oral Hershiser. Yeah, you know, well because Oral was you know dominant when I was you know when I was growing up. But yeah, Pee Wee was. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an icon, right? I mean, yeah. you think, you, you look at what he did with Jackie Robinson. And, you know, was one of the few that really welcomed Jackie Robinson into the Dodgers, and you know, um, you know, helped him get acclimated in a really, really tough environment. Um, so, yeah, that's I just yeah, and yeah, I was a Dodgers fan too, so that didn't that didn't hurt. Yeah, it's because I was trying to think back. I was like, okay, you're you're saying Dodgers, but it's not going to go far enough back to be Brooklyn. So so we're no Brooklyn. So so they left in fifty eight, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I wasn't born until sixty five. I just told you how old I am, which is really old. But yeah, nope, that's okay. That's all right. We, we're 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 doing okay. I will not tell you how old I am until <laughs> until after we're done recording. Because <laughs> gotcha. um, my dad and I talked about this with uh, I talked about this with with Rob Zadiska. My dad was a Yankees fan. And my grandfather's a Yankees fan, and my uncle's a Yankees fan. And I'm not. Like I, I, I grew up almost just being whoever's playing the Yankees. I want them to be successful. And then the Red Sox do what they do in 2004, and I put that paper up on my bedroom wall. So was that because your brother was a Yankees fan? 
No, my so so my dad and my my uh, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather. Uncle. Got it. They were all yeah. Okay. They they were all Yankees fans, and for whatever right. reason, I was just like, I don't care for them. Um, and then I went to college near St. Louis, and, and my roommate as yeah. a freshman had Cardinals baseball on every single day. And I went, you yeah. know what? I can be a Cards fan. If we're going to watch these every single day, that's pretty cool. And then they end up winning a, a World Series while I'm in school down there. I'm like, all right, yeah. this is, I'm okay with cheering for these guys. Yeah. Um, and then it just carried over, and, and, and it stuck with me, and now I've got my daughter in Cardinals stuff. Yeah, oh. Caleb, that's my biggest failure as a father. Is <laughs> I had one son who's a Dodgers fan. The other, I have a, a White Sox fan and uh, a Twins fan. For just, I don't know how that happened. I they just, wanted I, more regional teams. I, I feel ashamed. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I mean, that's not so bad. Seeing as the the White Sox do have a recent uh, world yeah. championship. Well, they're and they're go, they're good this year. But but the reason he became a White Sox fan is the problem. Oh, so think of yeah. So think about this. So what? Very well known athlete played in the White Sox organization. Okay. So was so he was a Michael Jordan fan, and then becomes a White Sox fan because of that. No, he should be a Barons fan, not a White Sox fan. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be a minor point. league fan. He yes. shouldn't even care about the majors. Can, can we send this to him when we're done? I want to, be, <laughs> I want to hear you say that. If you want to send this to Larry's son or just listen to the rest of the podcast, <laughs> you can go to klin.com. Um, it's also on Spotify, wherever you get any of your podcasts. That was uh, I had a great fun, great uh, deal of fun talking with Larry, so I encourage you to go listen to the rest of that conversation with Larry Putney. It's 826, going to get a break. Sports coming up next on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John. I made it in a really, really tough environment. Um, so, yeah, that's I just, yeah, and yeah, I was a Dodgers fan too, so that didn't, that didn't hurt. Yeah, it's because I was trying to think back. I was like, okay, you're you're saying Dodgers, but it's not going to go far enough back to be Brooklyn. So so we're no Brooklyn. So so they left in '58, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I wasn't born until '65. I just told you how old I am, which is really old. But yeah. Nope, that's okay. That's all right. We, we're 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 doing okay. I will not tell you how old I am until <laughs> until after we're done recording. Yeah, Because right. gotcha. <laughs> um, my dad and, and I talked about this with. Uh, I talked about this with, with Rob Zadiska. My dad was a Yankees fan, and my grandfather's a Yankees fan, and my uncle's a Yankees fan. And I'm not. Like, I, I, I grew up almost just being whoever's playing the Yankees, I want them to be successful. And then the Red Sox do what they do in 2004, and I put that paper up on my bedroom wall. So was that because your brother was a Yankees fan? No, my so so my dad and my my uh, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather. Your uncle, got it. They were all yeah. Okay. They they were all Yankees fans, and for whatever right. reason, I was just like, I don't care for them. Um, and then I went to college near St. Louis, and, and my roommate as yeah. a freshman had Cardinals baseball on every single day. And I went, you yeah. know what? I can be a Cards fan if we're going to watch these every single day. That's pretty cool. And then they end up winning a, a World Series while I'm in school down there. I'm like, all right, yeah. this is I'm okay with cheering for these guys. Yeah. Um, and then it just carried over and, and, and it stuck with me. And now I've got my daughter in Cardinals stuff. Yeah, Caleb, that's my biggest failure as a father. Is <laughs> I had one son who's a Dodgers fan. 
the other I have a, a White Sox fan and uh, a Twins fan for just I don't know how that happened. I they just, wanted I, more regional teams. I, I feel ashamed. <laughs> well, and, and that's I mean that's not so bad, seeing as the the White Sox do have a recent. Uh, world yeah. championship. Well, they're, and they're good. They're good this year. But but the reason he became a White Sox fan is the problem. Oh, so think of, yeah. So think about this. So what very well known athlete played in the White Sox organization? Okay. So was so he was a Michael Jordan fan. And then he becomes a White Sox fan because of that. No, he should be a Barons fan, not a White Sox fan. <laughs> Yes. He needs to this be a minor point. league fan. He yes. shouldn't even care about the majors. Can, can we send this to him when we're done? I want, to be, I want to hear you say that. If you want to send this to Larry's son or just listen to the rest of the podcast, <laughs> you can go to klin.com. Um, it's also on Spotify, wherever you get any of your podcasts. That was uh, I had a great fun, great uh, deal of fun talking with Larry, so I encourage you to go listen to the rest of that conversation with Larry Putney. It's 826, going to get a break. Sports coming up next on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Now, I'm sure Bishop wants to just talk Major League Baseball. You had an historic death. You had the trade deadline. But most importantly, John, you have Cubs cards playing right now. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to talk Cubs cards? You maybe maybe you'd want to talk Cubs cards if the uh the Cubs scored a run. Well, the Cubs scored as many runs as the Cardinals picked up Juan Soto's yesterday. So <laughs> Same as, yeah, as, as a 30 other ball clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we knew, as, as you, because you are, I, I see your tweets on social media, knowing you, you're one of the bigger baseball fans that, that I know and, and follow and people who are really going to understand the game and what moves teams are making. Soto to the Padres that make was was that the one that made sense for you, especially with what the Nationals got back? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Nationals got back a lot of great prospects, and the you know the 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 thing that's so rare is that not only do you have a player who is really just entering his prime, which sounds ridiculous because he's already had a great career <laughs> in his very young age, but you look at his years, you know those. Those mid twenties to, you know, 30, 31, you know, those are usually the prime years of any ball player's career. Yet he's only 23 and he's already got more. Only one player has walked more times at this point in his career. And that was Ted Williams. So that's great company to be in. <laughs> Obviously, he's just a, just a tremendous athlete. Um, but then you also get a guy where you're going to have him for two and a half years. So even if the Padres aren't able to sign him to a long-term extension, you're going to have him for two and a half years. Now, of course, I, I think it, it does mean that, you know, if you're San Diego, you need to win a World Series in that time because you don't know if you're going to have him. But it's certainly a risk worth taking. And the Padres have been an organization in recent years that has been very aggressive. So uh, I think it makes things very interesting, not only this year, but really for the next couple of years after that, 
because now you've got, you know, a legitimate arms race in the National League West. And not to mention, you know, there's other great teams. You know, the Yankees aren't going anywhere. The Astros aren't going anywhere. The Mets seem to have gotten a little bit better. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when you've got a guy like Soto. And then you pair him up with um Fernando Tatis, and then you have Manny Machado all in the same lineup on a daily basis. That's a lot of star power. Yeah, who are you supposed to walk? <laughs> I don't know. Probably nobody, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take the chance. But uh um yeah, it it, it will sure be the fun. White Sox it, will just walk all three of them. Probably oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely they will. And then and then you take your chances with the rest of the line. Right. Um so for, for the casual fan um who's maybe heard Juan Soto but maybe doesn't know exactly how big of a star he is and, and what that trajectory is, what what is the historical significance? Where does this stack up on a player being traded like Soto right now? Because I was seeing some talk about it going back to possibly the biggest deal since Babe Ruth. Yeah, really, if you think about it, and you know, Babe Ruth was a little further along in his career at that point, and that was such an unusual time because you know teams didn't make those types of trades you know back then so yeah it really is because again you're getting a player who is just entering his prime years you're getting a player who's already at the top of his game you're getting a player who still has a couple more years of control left on his contract uh you just you don't see this typically you'll see a guy like this get moved when he's got just a half year left on his deal but he's got two and a half and and they traded a lot for him so it is it's a you know it, it's a it's a blockbuster it, it absolutely is and you know the the payoff obviously for the nationals is going to come down the road and as i said earlier the you know the padres are kind of playing the uh they got a three-year window now they got this year and the next two years after that to really cash in because if if soto's trajectory continues as it is and there's no in- indication to believe that it won't um he is he is going to be the richest player in baseball when his deal comes up in a couple of years so another deal that happened yesterday the royals send whit merrifield to the blue jays which, as we remember from a couple of weeks ago, there were 10 Royals, including him, who did not go on the trip because they did not have the COVID-19 vaccine to get into the country of Canada. And now he's off to Toronto. And he said he would get vaccinated if he was playing for a contender. And the Blue Jays, 11 games out of the AL East, but they're in the wild card chase. What, what do you make of this entire situation? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, Merrifield was one of those Royals who said, you know, if I, 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 my, my mood or my attitude towards getting the vaccine might change if I'm playing for a contender and I have to go through Canada. Well, now he's going to have to go through Canada. So obviously they're going to, they, they, they've gotten some assurances that either he's getting vaxxed or he's already been vaxxed and he just didn't publicize it. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you do what you need to do, especially when you can now see a chance. Hey, I got to, You've all of a sudden gone from a team that's fighting for you know a top three four draft pick to a team that's fighting for a chance to go to win a World Series. And yeah, that that will change attitudes in a hurry. So uh, you know, we'll. I'm I'm not guessing there's not going to be any any uh, any more falderall on this. Um, he's gonna he's gonna get done what he has to get done in order to play in Canada, and you know it's it's funny how these things usually come around. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a feeling that uh, 
you know, it was going to come to this and, and it did. And now he's going to put his money where his mouth is and, and continue his career. And he'll be just fine. Just like the rest of us who have gotten the vaccine. <laughs> right. That was, that was one. As soon as I saw that, I went, huh, that is the definition of irony on, on where someone gets dealt. Hey, back here, Nebraska football has had, uh, they're a weekend to practicing what, what would have been your your thoughts on what you've been able to to see and gather and, and hear from folks on this first week of Husker football into fall camp? Well, I, I mean, it, you know, they're they're still trying to figure out how to come together as a team. I think that's the biggest question. One of the well, there's so many big questions. I can't really identify number one question, but <laughs> it's one of the biggest questions they have is blending all of these new bodies together, uh, this new talent, because you know of the fifteen. Uh, players that came in as uh, transfers, more than half of them are going to have to factor in and factor in in a big way, either as a starter or a premium backup, uh, someone who's going to put in a lot of time. And that's, that's a big turnover. And, and we've seen it, you know, you see it all the time in college football when you have to break in new starters, but usually you're pulling those guys from within your own roster. You know, seniors graduate, sophomores and juniors step up, they take the spot, but at least, you know, they've been around the program, they've been around the culture. Um, but, you know, this is an all-new experience for all of them. So that process continues. You heard a little bit of Mickey Joseph the other day, you know, expressing some of his frustrations with the wide receiver room, no one stepping up and, you know, taking the bull by the horns. Um, you, you continue to hear um, compliments and progress about, the offensive line, um, and, and we're still trying. We're still waiting to see if Devin Drew shows. Um, he's supposed to be, you know, here very soon. But you know, missing that time, missing that first week, at least that first week of camp, as he finishes up the necessary classwork down in Texas. Um, you know, for a guy who's supposed to be plugged in and you know, a, a, a prime, one of those, at least one of those eight to nine to 10 guys that you expect to contribute right away. That's, that's kind of an eight ball that you're put behind because you got a lot of catching up to do. So there's a lot of an interesting intrigue early on in this fall camp, not to mention the quarterback battle, which, hmm. um, judging by some of the things you hear, uh, it, it doesn't sound like the concern over Casey Thompson's thumb is as bad as, you know, maybe it was right. post spring. Um, and, and him just having the head start and kind of being the hand picked guy. I mean, he was, he was the guy that, you know, they got out of the transfer portal very early in the process. Uh, he was identified right away by Whipple and by Frost as the play, as a, a player they wanted badly and, and then went out and got him. And so I, I don't think we're going to have much of a mystery there. Um, in, in a way, I think it's almost going to be more interesting to see how, two, three, and four line up behind him for a couple of reasons. One, I think it gives us an indication of just how this offense is going to look. And two, uh, we know recent history of Nebraska football says that uh, the number one quarterback does not make it start to finish. <laughs> and, and Nebraska is going to need one of those backups. And so whether it's Chubba, you know, whether it's Logan Smothers, um, even Heinrich Harburg, who got some compliments from Whipple the other day, uh, you know, how, how those guys line up behind Casey Thompson might be almost as important a question as how Thompson is from the beginning. Yeah, that, that's good. So do you know the last quarterback to start every game in a season for Nebraska? Didn't Tanner, Tanner Lee? Well, he, he start, he did. He started all 12 games in 2017. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you know, but it just shows you. And and again, he was more of a drop back passer, so he mm-hmm. didn't put himself in harm's way as right. much as you know some of Nebraska's other quarterbacks. But it just hasn't happened very often, you know, in in recent years. And even going back, you know, into into the uh, into you know the eighties and nineties, you know, Turner Gill he missed games because of injury. Tommy Frazier obviously missed games because of injury. Uh, I don't know if I don't think Steve Taylor did. So he might. Be like the he might be the king of durability for uh, uh you know the traditional old school Nebraska quarterback, but it just doesn't happen very mm-hmm. often. And 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 guys get hurt, and you need other players to step up. And and so getting Chuba and and Heinrich and Logan ready for the season is going to be as important as making sure Casey Thompson is on top of his game because the odds tell you. Nebraska's going to need one of those guys to step in and play and play an important game. So Nebraska has had, in the last 13 seasons, only four seasons where the quarterback started every game that year. The previous 13 before that, so from 96 to 2008, it happened 10 of the 13 seasons. Mm. But even then, even in 10 of 13, you know, that's a... That's roughly what thirty percent chance. Yeah, you know that that you're going to have that 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 happen to you. And we already know Thompson's got you know a previous issue with the thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's it, backup quarterback is is hugely important because um, you know Nebraska's lost some games because they didn't have their number one guy, and and other teams have too. So that uh, it. it, it the the rest of the quarterback battle is still going to be interesting no matter you know what happens at the top. Yeah, it doesn't it, if you're number 2 or number 3, there's still a likelihood you're going to get out there. <laughs> um and so, and for a lot of people they hope that they get out there because Nebraska's winning games by 40 points and they can get them some reps. <laughs> right, that's the one there, not because someone got hurt because you're getting those fourth quarter reps. Hey, uh John, so I'm gone most of the last couple of weeks, fishing trip, and then last week, and as, as I was getting married. Congratulations, and, by the way. Thank you very much. I, I'm going to see if I can mention getting married every day this week. <laughs> um, so I come back and I go, okay, what did I miss? Let's pull up our Rick Sign Recognition text line. Let's pull up Twitter. And I went, all right. Well, people are mad that Frost didn't talk for 30 seconds or whatever, and Garrett Nelson is defending his coach, and everyone's got takes on everything. I'm just ready for the season to start already. I I, I left and Big Ted Media Day started, and I'm now back here and going through what everyone's takes are and everything. I don't know if I can do three more weeks of this, man. This this is already too much. You're probably not going to get many more here over the next three weeks, I would guess. <laughs> um, the problem is, once the season starts, you know what it's going to be like. With, well, yeah, yeah. With but at least we have being games, a referendum, though. we have games when that's going on. It's when you, when you get everyone. It's a referendum on whether or not someone talked for a minute. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and. For me, the biggest concern, you know, having watched it from afar, because I was here in Lincoln, but I watched, you know, the the coverage all day long, and it wasn't it wasn't about an opening statement. It was just kind of an overall demeanor. I just mm-hmm. thought it was unusual that yeah that that Frost didn't it, it you know the, the 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 media day is kind of like that you know New Year's Day, and I know that you know coaches aren't big fans of talking to the media all the time but it's that chance to get that first step out there and say hey we're excited for the season you know let's go get them blah 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 uh, and you just didn't get that vibe uh 
on Tuesday and or last Tuesday, and maybe that was never going to be the case anyway. But it, it just seemed odd considering you know the the importance, and maybe it just amplifies the stress.